This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I am World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. A new group of pro-life young adults presented themselves at March's March on the Arch in St. Louis, calling themselves St. Louis Pro-Life Future. The group hit the ground running, and they've initiated a number of programs, despite problems caused by the coronavirus pandemic. Jacinto Florence is one of the organizers of the new group. She talks about what they've done and their plans for the future on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. The member churches of the International Lutheran Council continue reaching out in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Russia now reports more than 187,000 cases of COVID-19, as well as more than 1,700 deaths so far. Different areas have enacted quarantines and lockdown procedures, with many citizens ordered to self-isolate, and a do-not-work order ran through at least last Monday. The Evangelical Lutheran Church of Ingria has moved much of its work online during the situation. On a daily basis, several congregations and two dozen services on Sundays are live-streamed or publishing recorded videos of worship services, theology classes, Bible studies, confirmation classes, devotions, and more. Each week, Bishop Ivan Laptev and General Secretary Mikhail Ivanov go online answering viewers' questions. Lutheran Church Charities has accepted a donation of four Lutheran Church Missouri Synod disaster response units used by our Savior Lutheran Church in Minnow, North Dakota, in the Hope Village Camp. They operated the units for families to live in during several years to rebuild after their town was destroyed by massive flooding. The disaster response units arrived at the Lutheran Church Charities on Monday. They included a professional mobile kitchen valued at $52,000, a bunkhouse trailer valued at $36,000 that can sleep 12, and two 18-foot refrigeration trailers valued at $21,000 each. As America's houses of worship carefully begin reopening, First Liberty Institute informed Congress yesterday in written testimony before the Senate Committee on the Judiciary that America's houses of worship fear a wave of lawsuits that would force many to cease their operations. First Liberty Institute's written testimony included a letter signed by hundreds of pastors, rabbis, priests, and other religious leaders asking that Congress include immunity for religious organizations from negligence suits resulting from their serving the public or reopening in accordance with local orders. Amy Stevens, whose gender identity discrimination case is awaiting ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court, died yesterday. Stevens died of complication from kidney failure at home in the Detroit area, according to the American Civil Liberties Union, which represented Stevens. Stevens was 59 years of age. Stevens was a gender-confused man who was fired from a job as a funeral home director after telling the company that he planned to live openly as a woman. This case, and two others that were argued in October, are the biggest LGBT case since the Supreme Court legalized same-sex marriage nationwide in 2015. The fight concerns the reach of the main federal job bias law, which explicitly bars discrimination on the basis of sex. The key question is whether employer decisions based on sexual orientation or gender identity qualify as sex discrimination.
This is World Lutheran News Digest. இது லோக லூதரன் வார்த்தா பரிபாடியாகும் I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. My guest today is Ms. Jacinto Florence. Now, what has happened here is that she's one of the organizers of, an or- of a group that's known as, well, she's actually with Students for Life, but she helped to organize a group called St. Louis Pro-Life Future. Now, they unveiled their, their organization at the March on the Arch just recently. But boy, they didn't let any moss grow under their feet at all. They're starting to do a bunch of things already. Jacinto, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me back. It's so good to be here. Glad to have you. This is really exciting work. I, I, was, I have to say, I was really impressed with the speed with which this organization has moved. I mean, you've got your own Facebook page up now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've done some work in the St. Louis area, and then also some work even across the river where that new uh, abortion clinic, unfortunately, is opening up. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what's, what's been going on here? Yeah. So, um, you know, with every, with coronavirus, everything's moved digital and like with, even with students for life as a whole, we haven't let the coronavirus stop us from being active in the pro-life movement. And so, um, with St. Louis pro-life future, we, we started this and our president Austin Tuttle really has taken the reins. He was the president of the pro-life club at SIUE in Illinois And so he's, he's, this isn't his first time running a pro-life organization. So he, I, we've really have a lot to attribute to him for getting this off the ground and he's done a lot of great work and we've collaborated and, um, there, our group has been forming with a lot of us, uh, young adults who are passionate about the pro-life movement and who want to see an end to abortion and particularly in Missouri, because we're so close to being um, the first abortion-free state since 1973. And so we have a lot um, that we're trying to do in light of the fact that um, we're not able to be as active as we could be because of the current pandemic taking place. So um, one idea that we are doing is um, taking baby socks and putting them on our backpack or on an item that we carry around and Um, this is essentially just like an evangelization tool so that somebody could be like, Hey, what's, what's that all about? And you could be like, Oh, well, yeah, no, I, saw, I saw that on the Facebook page that you're, that you're trying to advertise this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's a good way to strike up conversations. And that's like the bulk of what we do with students for life is we want to have conversations with people about abortion because it's all about starting the conversation. It's not necessarily about converting people on the spot to have the same view that you have. But honestly, since this conversation hasn't really been had and maybe it has been had, but from a different point of view, it's good to have this from a uh, conservative standpoint. So people see, Oh, people actually believe this. And you know, I, I, at the end of the day, they have to make up their own mind, but it's good to have these conversations because if we aren't talking to people about abortion, then this is just going to continue on and on. And women are going to still continue to believe these lies that this is the best option for them. And that's obviously not true. And so I I feel like the baby socks um, on the backpack is a really great way to strike up conversation, especially since we're all quarantined and it's, it's a little bit of what we can do in our part um, to build up a culture of life. So I thought that was a really fun idea. 
Um, but we've also done like a, an online diaper drive. I don't know if you've heard of Thrive um, Pregnancy Center. No, I have not. Let's go into that. Yeah. So Thrive is um, a local pregnancy center in St. Louis. They are um, a couple blocks away from the Planned Parenthood in Forest Park. And they just do so much for women to support moms. They offer free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds. Um, they have like university classes for um, moms to go and um, learn so skills about how to be a, a good parent and um, meet other parents and um, services for them to have clothes for their baby, diapers for their babies. And it's it's just all about supporting moms before their pregnancy and after their pregnancy. And so um, we thought it would be great as soon as for life as a whole to do an online diaper drive. And we did, um, we did one through Amazon and we were able to raise about $270 for a diaper fund, which I think is a huge success. So that's something that um, St. Louis pro-life future was a part of and that we implemented and I'm really proud of uh, the organization for doing that. And I'm excited to be able to donate to such a good organization locally here in St. Louis that are doing amazing work for women. And um, even during Corona, I talked to um, Matt from Thrive um, and he said that there still is a, a demand, you know, during coronavirus for women to be supported during this pregnancy because Planned Parenthood's still open, you know. And so we have to do everything we can to um, help pregnant moms and save the babies. So that's what we're trying to do. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of good work. Um, but yeah, so and um, we aren't able to actually be active in person until after June 1st. So um, So we've just come up with some ideas to do digitally, like the online diaper drive. And then we're doing... I'm going to be doing a chastity webinar for my, um, for my group. And, um, in the past I had training as a chastity speaker on the East coast. So, um, this is, I worked for a pro-life organization on the East coast, giving pro-life and chastity talks because our early founders saw that in order to end abortion, we need to talk about chastity, that chastity is the solution to ending abortion at its root cause. And so, I want to train my group members in the virtue of chastity. And um, this isn't necessarily something that we can talk to people on the sidewalk about because I've tried that before. And I was like, okay, that was not the time or place. I mean, you know, there's a time and place for everything, but sometimes, you know, you try something out and it doesn't quite work out. So. Well, you know, this is a straight Christian theology, especially here at the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, mm -hmm. where we we definitely preach the biblical view that, uh, you know, sex is reserved for marriage between a man and a woman. And that's yeah. one of the main reasons for it. How do you, you know, we, we approach it from a theological point of view. How do you approach that? Yeah, well, I would approach it from a theological point of view as well. Um, but also like even just on a scientific level, like if you look at the science, our bodies are made for a forever love that whenever two people come together, this hormone called oxytocin is released in the women's brain. It's women are flooded with oxytocin during childbirth, breastfeeding and sexual intercourse. 
It's meant to bond you to your baby and bond you to your husband. This is great in marriage because it's meant to soften the flaws of your significant other. And you're going to be, if anybody, you're probably married, right? Yes, I am. Okay. So, you know, like living with the same person day in and day out, you see everything about that person. And so um, this softens their flaws. Great in marriage. Um, not so great when you're dating somebody because things that would normally be a red flag, you're not able to see because you've been sleeping with this person. And so even on a biological level, level our bodies are hardwired for a forever love. And um, we also like to talk about the theology of the body, which is St. John Paul II. He is, you know, one of the greatest saints in the Catholic Church. Um, and he wrote his Wednesday audiences on human sexuality. Um, the man was never married, but he understood human love. And um, he understood the wedding vows made flesh and that our bodies, um, when we engage in that act, we communicate that that's a free, total, faithful, and a fruitful gift. It's a free gift. It's the wedding vows made flesh. So when you go and uh, when you engage in that act, and, and when you go to the church to get married, you offer, the priest says, or the pastor says, do you come here freely? It's because nobody coerced you. You're offering yourself to that person forever as a free gift. It's a total gift. You give all of yourself to that person, everything about you, like your good days, your bad days, um, your student loans, everything. The guy gives his last name, all of those things, free, total, faithful by living out the virtue of chastity, you're training yourself to be faithful to that one person forever. Um, and then fruitful. It's open to the gift of life, open to uh, God's plan for your family. And so um, when we engage in this act outside of marriage, you're basically lying with your body because you're not able to give that person everything. Um, you know, that's why people wind up at the abortion clinic. And in those situations, because they're like, okay, I've been dating this guy for a month and I slept with him and, um, you know, we don't have a foundation where he's going to support me because we're just like new. And it's like, ah, this isn't the way that love was meant to be. You know, there's an order to everything. We're made for a forever love. And if people knew that, um, and if we talked about this, then we wouldn't see women in these crisis pregnancies and I'm winding up just really alone. And um, we're made for more than that as women. And that's what I want to instill in my, my club members, the St. Louis pro-life future. And that's just what I want to tell everybody is we're made for a forever love. And there's, there's more to live for. We're made for more than that. Um, and so hopefully, you know, that will end abortion. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know, you well, you know, we've, we've spoken about the abortion clinics. We still have one here in St. Louis, and uh, the Planned Parenthood opened up a facility under some rather shady circumstances right across the river. Yeah. Do you all have plans for working uh, to, I won't say with these people, but to, to be visible yes. between those two groups? And let's, let's go into that. Yeah. Um, so... There's a whole group of pro-lifers that before coronavirus have been meeting. And I, I we met once to try and collaborate and to see what we can do to shut this clinic down. So this is like in the very beginning stages. And since corona, we haven't been meeting um, on the phone or anything because we were just trying to wait it out, not really knowing how long we would be um, 
in our houses, so to speak. So um, we're collaborating with a bunch of people in St. Louis area, Coalition for Life, St. Louis Pro-Life Future, um, among other organizations, um, some pregnancy centers, um, to try and get this place shut down. Um, because the St. Louis Planned Parenthood has been sending women to the Fairview Heights location. And I'm not wondering if it's because they know that they're going to lose their license, like it's only inevitable. But I do know Coalition for Life has expanded their um, outreach to the Fairview Heights Clinic, and they have been out there diligently praying and um, doing sidewalk counseling. And I think that's amazing. And um, so, yeah, we're, we're trying to collaborate, working hard um, to do that. And then meanwhile, um, we also plan to go to Hope Clinic and do some sidewalk counseling and some prayer there. That's just right across the river in Illinois from St. Louis. So um, and what is the Hope Clinic? Yeah, it's an abortion facility in Granite City, Illinois. And um yeah, they do a lot of abortions, and uh, I've just heard some really bad things about that clinic. I myself have not been there yet, um, but as a group, we plan on going together in June to pray for an end to abortion and to do some sidewalk counseling and to just show women that there's hope outside of abortion and to try and get people to change their minds from going in there. Um, so that's something that we have on our docket coming up after um, after lockdown is lifted. Um, so, Well, there's also a number of, uh, of uh, pregnancy crisis centers that work with women who perhaps uh, have decided, no, I don't want to get an abortion, but I have, still have problems. What am I going to do? And I know there are a number of them here in the St. Louis area. Are you working with any of these groups, or are, are you helping to spread the word that this is an available option to women who might be considering killing their children oh with the pregnancy centers mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah we we advocate for them all the time and we we like to collaborate with them and um yeah we're always trying to lead people to those places and our students um also we always um encourage them to work with the pregnancy centers and to volunteer for anything that they need so um, that's not something we're actively doing, but we are encouraging people to utilize their services and to show them that there are other options out, out there outside of going to Planned Parenthood that offer free, free services um, and more, they just have more healthcare options for women, especially federally qualified health centers also offer other services outside of what Planned Parenthood offers. And so we try to highlight um, like we have this whole display that we bring to campuses called We Don't Need Planned Parenthood. And it basically highlights all of the things that fairly qualified health centers offer as far as like services for women and then versus Planned Parenthood. And uh, we usually like um, we'll print off a list of at least 10 in the area and um, sh just to hand out to college students and let them know that these um, places exist and that they're offering more services so that they don't need to go to a Planned Parenthood to um, to get services from them. They, they have other options. So, What services do these uh, organizations offer, the pregnancy centers? Um, they usually offer free counseling, uh, free pregnancy tests, testing. Um, they offer services for women. 
um, like, um, just like pap smears and things like that, breast exams. Um, there's like a whole laundry list of things that these fairly qualified health centers offers that Planned Parenthood does not. Well, they also uh, will continue to help women after birth. Mm-hmm. For example, you just mentioned that you had just raised money to purchase diapers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is not going to go to Planned Parenthood. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, you don't hear them talking about anything after, after. I mean, I've never been into a Planned Parenthood, so I wouldn't know, but um, you don't ever hear them. Trust me, they don't give out diapers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, what other things do you think that you might be able to do? I, I, I'm really impressed with this idea of uh, raising the, uh, the the money for the diapers online. There's a lot we can do now online to oh, yeah. uh, to help spread the message and actually get some material help out there to these women. Do you have anything percolating on that? Yeah. Um, so since I've mentioned before that we've moved everything digital and like with students for life, we are big on having conversations with people and the bulk of what we do is going on campuses and um, with different various displays, various educational displays, talking to people about abortion um, and trying to strike up the conversation there. Well, now that we're not able to do that at the moment, one of my friends um, who I work with has piloted a new initiative called Coffee and Conversations. And so basically what we do is we get our um, students together and we're doing this with Pro-Life Future too. So um, this is going to be fun, but we um, hang out on Zoom for about a couple hours and we go to Students for Life Instagram, Students for Life Facebook or other pro-life organizations, Instagram and Facebook. And we look for people who have posted pro-choice minded um posts and we we respond to those in a nice manner and try and have conversations there and we've had some success through that um and then also my boss has also piloted um something called search and rescue and so it's a pregnancy app that we have downloaded um what's the name of the app is called um what to expect And so when you're on these apps, there are a lot of women who don't know what their options are. And she said that like, um, you see that they've made like a wrong choice, but our goal is to try and dialogue with them through these apps. If they've had any questions about what their better options are and um, try and show them, you know, that life is the best option. Life is always worth choosing. And so we've got these like online initiatives that we're, um, that we're starting out. Um, so it's been pretty good. Yeah. Well, especially working with, uh, for example, adoption agencies. Uh, this is a choice that, that I think a lot of women forget when they're, they're oh my God, I'm pregnant. What am I going to do? I'm either going to have to raise this baby by myself or get rid of it. No, there are people out there who want these babies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have several yeah. several friends who are adoptees who are just just so blessed. Yeah, I know. And if you see like these big Christian families, you just see how rich that is just to have so many people together. And I feel like um, fear and, you know, there's fear that's getting in the way of, of that abundant life that we're made for, you know. 
So we're just trying to spread good news everywhere and build up a culture of life on every platform. So if you guys could pl- pray for these this these new initiatives that we're doing online, that would be amazing because it's really we're really wanting to be hope for women and to just educate them because you know, abortion's been legal since 1973 and um there have been about, oh gosh, 60 million abortions since then. And so that's over a third of our generation that have gone missing. These are people that we could know and love and be friends with and maybe a future spouse. And um, obviously there's been a lot that we've missed and a lot of conversation and opportunity that we have missed out on. So we just want to be we want to be engaging the culture and we want to be talking to people about this and we want to show people that there's more and that uh, life is always a good option, always a good option, no matter what, no matter what your circumstances are, you can choose life. And um, adoption is always a good option, as you had mentioned before. Um, And there's always support. There's always support before, during, and after your pregnancy. And there are places where you can go to get the help that you need and the support that you need. Well, Jacinto, we're running out of time. Uh, Before you wrap up, If people want to learn more about St. Louis Pro-Life Future or Students for Life or these other groups, how can they get in touch with you? How can they learn about this? Yeah, so we have a Facebook page, uh, Students for Life, uh, or not Students for Life, it's St. Louis Pro-Life Future. Um, So you can go there and um, connect with us on Facebook. Uh, We also have an Instagram page that's coming soon. So that's so look for that. Um, you can email us at stlprolifefuture at gmail.com. Um, or you can email me at jflorence at studentsforlife.org. Um, we would love to have you guys help out, be involved, or um, always accepting donations for the work that we're doing. We are, uh, yeah, moving forward. Um, and, and we're trying to build up a culture of life in St. Louis. So please keep us in your prayers. We shall indeed. Jacinto, thank you so much for being on the program and for the work that you do. And I'm sure we'll be in touch in the future. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.